0: You're tuned in to Bryn Moves, the podcast. Hey guys, you're listening to Bryn Moves, the podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to be tuned in today. I brought an amazing guest on today that I'm really, really excited about. My... Really great friend and life coach, Leela Dilla. I did a three month program with her during uh, the quarantine or stay at home that really impacted my life and. Um, some of the things I learned from her were morning routines and setting boundaries. And those things make a huge impact on our success. And so she is super inspirational. She's a yoga teacher. She leads group yoga retreats. She's a lead facilitator for yoga teacher training programs. She's traveled to India. Um, she does training and coaching all over the place. And she loves working with women, um, specifically with spirituality and wellness. You guys are definitely going to want to stay on until the end. She shares some amazing tips and tools for morning routines, for setting boundaries, and just reminds us about our worth, which is so important as women for us to remember that we are so deserving of our own time and attention. So stay tuned in. I'm glad that you guys are here today. Hi, friends. It's your host, Bryn. Welcome to Bryn Moves, the podcast. I'm a certified yoga instructor, professional dancer, and wellness entrepreneur. I'm on a serious but super fun mission to inspire and empower lives. We're here to chat about wellness and fitness, as well as some tools for shifting your mindset so you can live your best. I hope you feel motivated to dive into your own unique and powerful wellness journey after listening in. So whether you're in your car, at home in bed, food prepping, or putting on your makeup, turn up the volume and tune in for some serious motivation and inspiration. You're tuned in to Brin Moves, the podcast. Hi guys, welcome back. I am so excited to have, an amazing guest, Leela Dilla on. Hi, Leela. Thanks for jumping on with me today. You're welcome. I'm really excited for you. This is probably
1: an amazing offering for the world. So I'm happy to provide anything useful for your, for your
0: audience. Oh my gosh, I love it. So you guys, Leela is um, my life coach. And I did an amazing three-month Program with her during quarantine or stay at home or whatever you want to call it, this whole situation we went through this year. And it was a really, really, really um, awesome experience and also a very challenging, very humbling. uh, I can like drive another words to explain this experience. Um, Just overall, obviously, quarantine, stay at home. everything with COVID like this is a crazy time of life for a lot of us with a lot of shifts, a lot of adjustments. And I was super excited to start my program with Lila right at the beginning when all of this uh, started shifting and changing. And I was excited to have nothing but time to focus on (laughs) myself and uh, my growth. And I just went through this amazing journey. And there's a few things that Like, I learned a lot about from you, Leela, that I want you to share on this call today because I think they'd be useful to everybody, no matter your age, what you do for a living, where you live, what type of life you lead. Like, these are like key things for success that have changed my life. And I'm actually still working on them, I'm not perfect. It's It's always an ongoing practice. Um, But one of the things that really stood out to me that I learned from Leela was morning routines. And another one was just kind of making a schedule and setting boundaries. And these are some things she really helped me with that I'm still working on. But before we dive into those, topics and we both share a little more I'd love to just like have you share Leela like who are you where do you come from what are you doing
1: (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I don't know (laughs) you're questioning all of that Um, (laughs) yeah I uh I began my career as a yoga teacher I, I got into teaching yoga when I was 19 which is like too young to do anything in my opinion and um but it kind of put me in a really um interesting placement of just continuing to stay curious about life from a very young age. And, um, it got me very fascinated with what it means to be on a healing journey and on a spiritual journey in the modern day world. And, um, yeah, that, that yoga teaching career kind of evolved into working specifically with groups. And I kind of started my career doing retreats and then leading into yoga teacher trainings. Um, and throughout my training process, I've been to India a couple of times and done different, um, training programs and coaching programs. Um, I just kind of kept like honing in and honing in and honing in on, on, um, what I really love and that's working with women in the world of wellness and spirituality and entrepreneurship. And um so now I'm a coach full time. I also still teach yoga and still love the um retreat and training world. Um fortunately I uh, had kind of planned to not do that in 2020. <laughs> so I didn't get completely kicked on my ass. I'm um, very yeah. grateful for that. <laughs> that's lucky. <laughs> like, yeah. Um But I definitely wanted to like lean more into working with women more like long term and really helping them develop those routines and rituals that help support their lifestyles. And um, I felt like that was missing in my little one week retreat with people or my little one off workshop I was doing with people. And I just wanted to dive in further and like stay with them for longer so they could really kind of bring their vision to life. So yeah, it's a lot of um, just like basic stuff that is missed often. And, um, and then just like wrapped in um like applied spirituality, like how do I actually live in alignment with who I am? Yeah. Just helping people, you know, it doesn't seem like the world is getting any more um like peaceful. And so like taking deep spiritual principles and applying them into our life so that we can have the peace and the like centeredness that we need in order to bring our visions forward. So that's what I'm and I just want women to feel empowered and whole <laughs> and confident in their offering, because um, I I know so many brilliant women who just have kind of a shaky footing in the beginning, and it's like, no, girl, mm. you need to that forward. So let's figure out what we need to create in our life so that we can do that without feeling, you know, like we need to apologize or feeling, you know, like oh, we're taking up too much space. So really passionate about that, and it looks lots of different ways, but
0: <laughs> right now, yeah. it's like coaching. <laughs> I love that. Hey, yeah. just really quick, because this was a question I had for you. So I actually signed up for my and committed to my three-month uh, coaching program with Leela before I even knew that much about her because I was so attracted to her energy, her lifestyle. Um, a friend of mine uh, and a business coach of mine recommended her to me. And so I just dove in just knowing based on what that friend had shared. Um about you that I was like, okay, she's great. Like, she's going to help me. This is going to be awesome. And then I sent her a message. Remember, Leela? I sent you a message later. And I was like, this is kind of late for this question. But by the way, like... <laughs> What trainings have you done or like like how are you qualified? No. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I knew it it's like one of those things that's like it doesn't matter because she has so much, but also I like people to know this because there's a lot of um women and individuals that I know that are wanting to dive into um coaching and being a coach. And you don't just like do that overnight, right? It's totally something that you work your way up to by having certain experiences, by doing certain programs yourself. There's almost like these steps, right? It's kind of like with dance, I wouldn't go from being a performer to being a choreographer. Like mm-hmm. you dream of that and you're like, I'm Beyonce's next choreographer, right? Like that's what you say in your head. But there's like all these steps in between. Um where you have to earn like your way to that spot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the same way with coaching. A lot of people have things they know or they dream of like offering that to people, but there's these in-between steps or these kind of things you have to go through, right? So what are some some of the trainings you've done and also like some of the impactful moments or the impactful things that happened to you or that you went through that led you to be like, okay, I'm ready to start this individual coaching business at the level that you coach at?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's a process for sure. And everyone, um, I think can be attuned to what theirs is. I definitely, um, I don't think I knew I wanted to be a coach to be perfectly honest. I always knew like I was very inclined towards teaching and I was, I was, I did gymnastics coaching before I like move into yoga teaching. And then I enjoyed, speaking and pub- like public speaking was never an issue to me. And I was very fascinated with learning from the beginning. Um, and so I knew I liked to guide and to teach, but I definitely, um, the idea of honing in on specifically like life coaching women kind of accidentally evolved from the process. Mm. Um, and I have not, well, I've done a, a series of things. I would say that the first thing that really got me interested in figuring out like, wow, people can really change and transformation is like a very real thing in a human life was um, when I was younger, the first time I really moved into doing like some deep therapy, like some trauma therapy with um, my first therapist is, was out in Colorado. I have family that lives out there and I was in a really tough spot based on some traumas that I had experienced in my like late teens and early twenties and was just really coping in poor ways with boyfriends and alcohol and not, um, really not living in alignment. I couldn't, I didn't know how to set boundaries. I was just saying yes to everything. I was really putting myself in some compromising situations Mm -hmm. and I was just like really fed up. I had had some, um, eating disorder issues from my gymnastics career and some body dysmorphia and just like really was discontent with living inside my own skin. Um, and I kind of got to a point where I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Like I really need help. And I, up until that point, wasn't someone who liked to ask for help. And I also didn't realize how helpful help could be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've all been been there. We've all been there. I'm
1: going to do this on my own. And my life honestly looked pretty, um, you know, together. I'm a, I'm a privileged person. I, li- I had great family. My parents are still together. I was, and you know, I went to college I, at that point. I was a CrossFit coach. Like I um, really, I had a perfect body. I didn't think I did, but, and I, everything looked great from the outside, which made it even worse to ask for help. Like, I was just like, there's no way yeah. that I could ever let anyone know how like, um, how broken I felt inside. And I just didn't really know how to to handle it. And so honestly, um, the first thing that led me to, making like an evolution or a revolution was, um, was working with that therapist. I did, um, actually just went out to Colorado for over a month and did a lot of sessions with him specifically around a trauma I had experienced. And that was like the first time where I felt like, wow, when we have assistance through someone who's been trained and can help us create new pathways in the mind, we have such an ability to create like so much more freedom in the way that i was thinking in the way that i was living so that that flipped some things for me and really got me interested in psychology and deeper into like the psychology of yoga really and the like deeper spiritual practices of yoga because yoga is all about evolution of the human soul so sure. it kind of dug me in deeper and um, i continued to study yoga philosophy more in depth and um, i think like the next bigger thing i did was a a, a work training which was just doing one breathwork session (laughs) can be extremely transparent and, um, yeah, things. And I did it in depth training with that and then became an instructor of something called Prema breathwork, which is like a version of holotropic breath. And that was a huge evolution. Like that week we did it a couple times a day for five days. And I felt like I had gone through like years of therapy in a very (laughs) amount of time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and yeah, and I had a couple of series of other um jobs that um one was a really energetically draining position working with someone um and I got really sick during it and during that I recognized my own patterns of um not being able to set clear energetic boundaries with the people that I worked with at the time and because of how sick I got um I developed autoimmunity of my thyroid and I had to kind of heal my body through diet and lifestyle so I dove into like every podcast you could possibly listen to, every book you could possibly listen to, every you know video I could possibly watch, every training I could possibly go to. And I found um, Carolyn Mace's work, who you've probably heard me talk about. She wrote a book called, like, I think one of her most popular ones is Anatomy of the Spirit. And that was kind of catapulted by that working experience that was really not healthy. And I dove into her work. And then I went to so many trainings with her. I watched every single thing she ever did. And that really shifted things for me. Um, in regards to like the human um, energy anatomy and how we become whole and how we can resolve the stories of our life that uh, influence influence us to be like leaky people, <laughs> and I oh, started, yeah, thinking, like, oh man, like that's a leak, that's a leak, that's a leak, and so I really um, kind of took shelter of her work and still do. She's my greatest teacher, and then after that, I went to India for the first time, and that blew the you know blew the. Lit off in a whole nother way. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can't wait and, to be able to go. Yeah, it's super powerful, and I, I definitely went with someone that I had wanted to go to for a lo- with for a long time. Raghu is his name, and I was there for six weeks the first time, and that just changed everything and really um, dove me into more of the yoga philosophy that I was craving and deeper spiritual practices. I studied Bhakti Yoga there, um, and then I went the next year and did it again just because I wanted to go again. Yes. Um, and then why not? Year, yeah, why not? I was like, why there are, I'm trying to hit each of the trainings so they can, because it's like so many different things. So it was like deep spirituality. And then the next year I did a training, um, with Maston Kip. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, but- I
0: follow him on Instagram. Yeah. 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 I did a
1: long like mentorship program with him and a, and a group of people. And that was really profound. And during that journey, um, you know, there were some positive and negatives to it for sure. A lot of commitment, a lot of financial commitment, a lot of time commitment. Um, and he's just a wealth of knowledge in the trauma informed world and coaching. And that really, I honestly did that personally for me, not necessarily thinking I would step into the role of coach right after that, but yep. um, it helped me realize how, um, it helped me realize that I specifically have something that I can offer to women in this world that like helped me focus my lens on exactly what I wanted to do. yeah. Um, He's the one who gave me the find out what makes you compassionately angry and then put your unique skill set towards that and then you'll never work a day in your life. And so that was like the last thing that I – last training that I did, I think. Although I think continuing to learn like pretty much never cease because I feel like whatever training is like next for us in our evolution will like present itself when the, student, yeah. the teacher opens the door and it's um, – Yeah. And so for, I do have a lot of people ask me, like, did you do a specific coaching certification or what would you do? And I think you, you're doing the, um,
0: Integrative Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. which I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah. I'm really, really excited. I start this month. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I and know, like so, so many good things and there's, I looked into doing, I was very into the bulletproof um, scene for a while. I came out there and taught at the conference a few years ago. And um, I really loved that whole scene and they do a coaching program. Um, but honestly, it just wasn't for me to do one. I don't think that that's ev- the case for everyone. Sometimes it's really useful to have like a step-by-step how you'll take someone through a process. And I think that's so much of what they give you in a coaching um, yeah. program. So it kind of depends on, what you know about yourself and your specific offering, the the teachers and mentors that you've already had up until that point. Cause I definitely think guidance is necessary so that we know that what we're about, the process we're going to take someone through is useful and will work. Sure. Um,
0: yeah. Like,
1: okay, I'm coaching. And then we don't really know like what the hell we're going to tell someone to do that. Day. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've had so many, you've had so many amazing experiences. Like even just sitting here listening to you, I can't believe like for how young you are, that you've had like so many life experiences and so much um, so much time to develop um, your coaching style. Like you said, like doing those different, having those different experiences, doing those different programs, traveling, working with different people, reading different people's books, just diving into um, you know training yourself and having that knowledge that helped you. I love how you said that That helped me like kind of narrow my focus on what I was going to coach on. Cause you can know that you want to help people and you can know that you want to give to people, but you, sometimes you just don't know where to start or what is it exactly that I have to offer. Um, what's my, you know, what's my specialty. And so I think that's really great that those life experiences you had helped narrow down for you. This is what I know I have to offer specifically to people. And that's, yeah, I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people listening that maybe know they want to help people, but they're not sure. Um, yeah, how? Like what? Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. that. Um, it's really, like, super clear about what they care about. It's exactly.
1: Like, care about it, it's like you'll absorb the information so fast. It's like anything that ever stuck with me is because I cared about it so much and I like had the desire to heal it within myself. And then it's like, you don't ever forget that. Like you it is installed in you. That is a wealth of knowledge forever because your heart's yeah. involved. As soon as it hits the human heart, like there's no forgetting it. So yes. We that's, can't do the something. human heart. Yeah, because it's like locked and loaded. I will never forget this. It's made such an imprint on me. So I love um, that. We we'll can trust ourselves.
0: One of the um things that's hard in this world in today's society with social and with news and and all of that is that we can kind of get swept up um, and swept away with what other people want us to believe or what we think we should believe or what how we think we should act, look, all of that. And something that really helped me get to know myself and know what is important to me and know what hits my heart is when I started coaching with Leela, she helped me create a morning routine. You helped me create a morning routine. And this was so helpful for me because I didn't – okay, here's the things I think when I think morning routine that are really I thought are really obvious, but I'm learning now the more women I talk to and people I share with um, – I learned that, and the more people I'm coaching uh, through nutrition and lifestyle and eating and stuff, I'm realizing that morning routines aren't as common as I thought they were. (laughs) And the stuff I think is obvious, like this is obviously what you do in the morning, is not that obvious for everyone or not um, practiced by everyone. And so some of the things that I do in the morning that are like, already implemented into my life that I learned, I don't know, from my mom or from myself or whatever things that I decided to do are things like wake up, wash my face, like skincare routine is huge for me. Um, And not just because I want to have good looking skin, right? But because I want to also take care of myself and it feels really good. Like, okay, if I'm going to run out the door and teach a yoga class or go to work, or if you have kids, like someone who's taking care of their kids, like. Washing your face takes like less than five minutes, but it's this like r- ritual almost where you're like, I'm massaging my skin, I'm cleaning, I'm like washing away the night or the day before. Mm-hmm. I'm starting fresh today. Like to me, it just feels like so spiritual. <laughs> it's, like to wash my face, right? <laughs> and I thought that was like a normal morning thing, like kind of like brushing your teeth, like you wash your face. And then the more women I talk to, the more I realize Like, especially once women have kids, they totally like, that's one of the things that goes off the list is they're like, I don't have a skincare routine anymore. I don't even wash my face or like I use a bar of soap. I don't even know what moisturizer is. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like shocked because I'm like, let me help you. Like skincare is so important, not just to have like pretty skin, not just for like your filtered face on Instagram, but like for For your well being in that moment where you're like, I took care of my damn self today before I fed my child, or you know, for those of you now that are homeschooling, God bless you. Mm -hmm. Please wash your face (laughs) in the morning first. (laughs) Help yourself, (laughs) Um, you know, uh, or whatever. Like yoga teachers, fitness instructors, whatever your job is, or. Like before you go do that, like I like to wash my face. Okay. I think that's a great morning routine that I thought was obvious, but it's, it's not. And so I want to empower you. If you don't wash your face, (laughs) wash your face and ask me if you need help. Okay. (laughs) Two, two, I thought eating breakfast. This is the other thing I talk about with morning routines, like eating breakfast. So breakfast my mom always taught me, it's the most important meal of the day. And when I was younger, I never wanted to eat breakfast. It was so annoying to me that I was awake at 7 a.m. in the first place. I was like, don't ask me to do anything extra. I just got to get out this door, you know? And she's like, eat, eat, eat. And I'm like, oh, why? And she always tried to explain to me. And now I understand it as an adult how important breakfast is. And the way I look at breakfast is it, you break it down into two words, right? Break fast. Mm-hmm. So it's like... What are you using to break your fast overnight? You are fasting; you weren't eating. Your body has a natural detoxification process, a natural cleansing process that it does with no food for a certain amount of hours, um, and that's great for your digestive uh, tract and you know your your elimination organs. Okay. And then when we, people always ask like, what time do I eat breakfast? Like for in the morning, like, what do you do? What order? Someone asked me this this morning. I taught a yoga class in the park and they're like, Bryn, what do you eat for breakfast? When do you eat it? What time do you do it? What all do you put in your mouth? You know, and, and so I like to tell people to me, what I've learned and discovered is that It doesn't really matter what time you eat. It matters what you eat, right? It doesn't matter what time you eat. It matters what you eat. So Mm -hmm. when I think of morning routines, I think of washing your face and fueling your body like breakfast. Mm -hmm. Having a nutrient-dense breakfast sets you up for your day. It helps you establish a healthy habit where you're taking care of yourself on top of that, it's helping you put nutrients into your body right away so that your body can start to function. It's like if you think of your body as a vehicle that's going to take you around all day. If you were taking your car to fill it up with gas, you wouldn't put the wrong gas in your car, right? It's not going to run very well. Yeah. So if I'm driving you know, my Mercedes, I'm going to put the correct gas in it so that my car runs well, right? You're not going to put the wrong gas. Well, same with our bodies. You have mm-hmm. to think, what's the best fuel for my vehicle today? Mm-hmm. And a nutrient dense breakfast is is what I always preach. Doesn't matter what time you do it, but make that first meal something that's going to help set up your metabolism for the day. It's going to set your mood for the day. It's going to impact your energy levels for the day. It's even going to impact like how you communicate with people and how your brain functions. Like, do I have brain fog or do I have a clear mindset all the way until your nighttime routine and like how you sleep. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I think of when I think of morning routines. Then I did your coaching program, Eva, <laughs> and I got on a whole nother level of morning routines that I'm truthfully still working on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not perfect. Um, but I learned some really great things from you, but I want to let you share uh, what are some of the main points you would say as far as like a morning routine goes? Like what else is important besides washing our face and eating breakfast? (laughs) Well, I think that both of those are great because I think we just need to remember it's like,
1: we just, I think people actually take care of their cars better than they take care of their bodies often. Like I like what <laughs> you just said, like, we'll be really, we, you know, we'll clean our car, we'll put good gas in it, we'll pay attention. But like, yeah. when do we do personal maintenance? Like, do we actually care for ourselves in that way? So I think just recognizing that there's more to a human than just, um, you know, like we take in everything through the senses. So I'm taking in, um, information through eating i'm taking information through my sight through sound um through all of my senses right and it's influencing me in some way i'm taking in energy all of it is going to influence my body so oftentimes i find like one of the biggest things people do is they roll out of bed without even thinking of it and they pick up their phone and they um, immediately yeah. go into energy overload where i'm stimulating my eyes i might be stimulating my ears i might be stimulating my emotions. Right. Out of bed when really the first hour, 30 minutes to an hour, shit, 10 minutes. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on here. Yeah, you're good.
0: (laughs) Everybody said that
1: (laughs) last week. Sean was like, Am I allowed to swear on here? (laughs) Um, But it's super important. Like that beginning portion of the day, like what we do in the first 30 minutes is going to set the mood for the rest of our day, right? So if we just started to ask, like, what do I do in the first five minutes that's going to inform the mood of the rest of my day? So if I want my day to be peaceful and centered or grounded or nourishing or loving, then I got to do something that's peaceful, nourishing, grounding within the first five minutes. Otherwise- like catapulting myself right into chaos or right into distraction or right into Mm. um, like leaving myself last or whatever it might be. So um, first thing I always do. And I think that like this change, I actually learned this from my teacher in India the first time he said, before he gets out of bed every day, and I've done it every day since then is to roll over in bed and do a child's pose. Everyone knows what that is, right? Like, Like bent knees and flip your palms up to the sky. And I just say like, I feel grateful that I woke up today. My life is in your hands. And I'm saying that to like God or source, whatever divine you want to, whatever God you identify with. And I just say like, my life is in your hands today. I'm so grateful I woke up. Thank you for everything you've given me. Um, whatever you bring to me today, I know that like I'll have the capacity to move through. And then I get out of bed, so I don't even I situate myself into a place of gratitude before I even put my feet on the floor. And then I think taking care of ourselves, brushing our teeth, scraping our tongue. I always scrape my tongue with a copper tongue scraper. That shows how we well we've digested the food from the night before, which is a really good practice. Super simple. Oh, wow.
0: yeah, that's new to me. Yeah, this, I love that one. I forget I don't to share know
1: if that I can, can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I I love doing it. I, <laughs> In Ayurveda, they said that whatever wasn't digested the night before, it'll represent itself on our tongue or Chinese medicine the next day. Wow. So we can see, like, okay, did I process my food from yesterday or did I maybe have um, some toxins left over? So I always do that. Oil pooling is really nice. If I have, like, I'm going to give you the whole thing. Oil pooling is nice with coconut oil or sesame oil, or you just like swish it between your teeth. It's really good for yeah. white your teeth. And I usually will do that, like, while I turn my hot water on. um, like turn my kettle on or while I stand on my I have like a little acupuncture mat that I stand on on my feet
0: and I'll like oh that probably feels so good
1: So good it wakes up the bottom
0: oh I need that in my life that sounds wait I'm having a moment that sounds so good I really love things under my feet like that like it pokes you a little bit oh yeah
1: really. so I keep that thing in my tea kettle and I like slide it out from underneath the cabinet and I like stand on it while I like do my oil pooling and I start my tea kettle. And then I always have a glass of um, hot water with either a squeeze of lemon and now I use like just lemon essential oil. And I calmly drink that without touching my phone. My phone is always on airplane mode the night before. So I don't even have a reason to go over to it yet, right? Like I don't, it's very easy to just like flip open the phone and not even know why you're opening apps, right? <laughs> so just like, don't even give yourself the, throw yourself a bone. Like don't even give the yeah. tip it over in a different room. Um, and I, then I sit down to meditate. And meditating literally could just be sitting and breathing for the length of one short song, if if that is what you need to do, or like setting a timer for five minutes and just sitting down at some pretty place. I think that having a an altar space or some sort of like pretty meditation area is super useful because nobody wants to really go sit in like an ugly, like crappy part of the house and be like, Oh, I'm peaceful now. So I I always have fresh flowers and like my crystals and a candle and I light it and I come there and I'm grateful and I'm like, Oh, it's beautiful. So of course I want to sit here. Right. (laughs) And I come back inside my body. I breathe. I feel, you know, even if it's just depending on what I have to do that day, my mind could be kind of fast and I'm kind of just going, wow, I really have a lot going on right now. But at least I know, wow, I have a lot going on right now. So I might need to move a little slower through the day. It's like a taking an inventory mentally of like, where I'm at, I can notice like, mom, I'm already feeling anxiety at 7am. Like maybe I need to breathe a little slower, sit here a little longer or cancel one of my meetings because there's just too much depending on like where I am in my menstrual cycle as women. like I think it's good to note note where you are. Maybe you don't have much energy today and you need to do a little bit less. Or maybe you have lots of energy and clarity and it's like, awesome, take on a new project. Um, But that time in the morning to just sit and meditate and breathe is just a moment to connect back with yourself in a way that's authentic and revealing so that I know how I can best take care of myself when I step into the role of helping others. Like If I haven't filled my cup up at all in the morning, Ooh, I'm just gonna probably be exhausted by like noon,
0: <laughs> yeah. depending
1: on how many people are we're showing up for afterwards. So the more we show up for ourselves, to the we can really only show up for others to the capacity that we've shown up for ourselves. So maybe you know maybe that's not a two-hour morning routine, but it could be ten minutes of checking in, um, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, giving yourself some space to breathe before you go and pour all of your energy out into the world. Sure um and it looks different for everybody phases of life i mean we don't have kids yet so ours can be more lengthy and we can yeah. we're in a stage of developing our careers which means we just have more energy moving towards like out away from us anyway yeah at different phases of our life things might be coming in then we might be grounding and doing so we have to just pay attention and like what can i do to fill up my cup in the morning and pay attention to all parts of me physical mental emotional And also journaling, if you have time, if you're a morning routineer and you're like, I'm going to take care of myself for the first hour. After I get up from meditating, I usually journal. Um, And it's like free therapy, really. It's just like take the the chaos or, or the ideas or whatever it is that was happening, the stressors or just the things I'm fixating on in my mind and just dumping them onto paper. And at least they're not there ruminating in my mind anymore. They can be... Physically onto paper. I don't ever have to read it again, but I just psh, spit it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to um, continue to mull over it in my
0: mind. Yeah, just, sometimes it we- helps so much to just like get it out. I always feel so much better after journaling. Um, yeah. One of the things I want to mention or that I notice about this is that these are all things that we can do by ourselves for ourselves. So. One of the important things when building your morning routine that I've learned is it doesn't really involve other people. Your morning routine is your morning routine. So yes, you might have a spouse or a partner. Yes, you might have children. Um, You might have pets. Mm -hmm. The stuff that you do for them, that we pour from our overflow, right? We fill our cup first. Like Leela said, we fill our cup first and then we are able to pour from our overflow. Mm-hmm. I've had some conversations with friends or people I'm coaching where they say, yeah, I have a morning routine. And then they start going through their morning routine and it barely has anything to do with yeah. themselves. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. that might be a morning routine technically, but the type mm-hmm. of morning routine we're talking about developing here is one that is filled with a list of things that you can do to make yourself feel empowered, to make yourself feel better, to fill your own cup, to self-regulate. Stuff mm-hmm. that you can do um, for yourself by yourself that you don't don't require the participation of anyone or anything else, like not mm-hmm. your cat or dog, not your child, not your husband, not your wife, your boyfriend, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. So that's one of the things that I learned about morning routine is it's also our moment of like sometimes peace and quiet or escape, which can be really, really important depending on what kind of lifestyle you lead and how much energy you're being required to put outward uh, during your day, right? Depending on your job or your life responsibilities. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things I noticed. All of these things are things that you just are able to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: on your own yeah. for yourself. And it's like be
1: feeling worthy of that and not having to feel guilty about that. So it's that for sure with a lot of women that I work with that are doing, you know, that do have partners, that do have children, that do have um, a lot of other things going on. It's just so common for everyone else to take a priority slot before themselves, right? And so it's like, we have to start to reclaim our own um, worth and saying like, I am worthy of my own time and attention, even if it's just five minutes, like even if Mm. it's just five minutes, like even if it's just my child's pose and a couple breaths in the bed before I get up to do for others, because I'm going to have the capacity to love them in a more full way anyway. So actually it's going to, a- allow for a better life of those around me anyway but we have to feel worthy of reclaiming that and a lot of that comes from like something to look into around like if you're like there's just no way I could ever do that like i everyone else comes first you know a lot of that for women that comes from the way that we watched our mothers mother or yeah. our take care of themselves. So a journaling, if you wanted to get curious about like reclaiming your worth and can I give myself permission to have a little bit of time in the morning is start to look at like, what did you learn about being a woman um, from your mom, (laughs) the way you watched her and not necessarily what she said, but oftentimes the way she displayed her own self-care or the way she displayed her own spiritual life and um, the way she spoke up for herself or took up space. <laughs> um, because you know, whether we, and it's, this is not to blame anyone or anything. It's just, we learn how to love other people and ourselves by the way, our mothers and primary attachment figures showed us how yeah. to love. So yeah. we just can start to c- get curious through journaling, like, Hmm, what did I learn? And is that actually helping me be fully expressed in my lifetime? Sure. Right, And then go, okay, if it's not, then what could I do just one tiny thing differently tomorrow to feel a bit more worthy of just changing the generational pattern like it, I don't have to be self-sacrificing in order to be loving. I I can also take care of myself and love you more actually, but there's just some, there's, it comes
0: definitely a a deeply running thing The um, or feeling guilty for taking up time. Yeah. Uh, This is huge for women today. I mean, huge women of all ages. I mean, it's just, I think as women, we feel this great sense of responsibility and even like that nurturing side of us and that feminine energy, like when it comes out and we're leaning towards, towards that energy. Yeah. Well, we do experience that guilt or that shame for uh, taking care of ourselves and having that practice. Um, and that's definitely one of the things I really worked through with you. Lila was like, You know, realizing, and I love my mom. She's an amazing human. Like, I love her. But she will also do anything for me, for my brother, for my dad, which is great. And now that I'm an adult woman, also looking at another adult woman in her, I'm like, man, I want you to like wake up and just take care of yourself, like do what you want, you know? And I want, I, I start seeing myself wanting that now for her as. When I was a child, I didn't understand kids. Other people around you will just take, take, take because that's what we that's what we do. That's what we need. You know, I'm, I'm a, I was a child. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm relying on you, and so mm-hmm. it's our job as the adult woman, um, whether we're setting boundaries, which will kind of lead us into this topic of boundaries with our, with our partner or with our children or our pets or our people we work with, right? Whatever it is that it's kind of becomes our job to set our own boundaries and, and say, I know that these people will take what I have. So mm. I need to start by filling up as much as I can so that I'm not left by noon, by 1 PM, the end of the day, whatever time it is that you deplete, <laughs> Yes. We don't want to have an empty take. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's something I really worked on. And so my my morning routine shifted from um just brushing my teeth and washing my face to like drinking tea and you know, my nutrient-dense breakfast and and sitting outside and lighting some Palo Santo. Um For those of you that don't know what that is, it's kind of like sage, like something that's just, you know, you light it. It's this wood from this beautiful tree in it. Um, I love the smell and it's just very cleansing for your space and just kind of neutralizes the energy. I'll turn on my salt lamp. My mm-hmm. um, sea salt lamp, or I'll I'll do the oil diffuser, whatever, just to get like you said. What am I taking in in all my senses? And then I'll sit somewhere beautiful. I'll make sure to, if I'm sitting inside, I'll I'll make my bed and I'll sit there. Or if I'm at my boyfriend's house I'll go outside on the on the patio on the balcony and I'll sit out there and it's and with the plants and nature or or I'll sit out back at my house and I purposefully created like a little sacred space while I was doing my program with you Leela where I bought plants for myself as a birthday gift and, (laughs) and, you know, made it a space that was really like cool looking and cozy to me because I always start my meditation. I use headspace and I always start my meditations. He guides us to keep our eyes open at the beginning and look around and actually take in what's in your space. And so I like to sit in a really cozy, beautiful space Mm -hmm take it in, take in the sounds of my environment. And then I got in a practice of also journaling, which I haven't been doing as much lately. Um, I've been reading a lot still and I love reading and I'll try to do that in the morning and as part of my nighttime routine. But one of the biggest things I picked up, which you guys, I swear this changes (laughs) your life. Okay. Is the cell phone thing. The first time I learned about that was in My mentor, uh, Leanna Blackburn's Body Language Experience Program. Um, She's a professional dancer and choreographer. I did her program and learned like the whole program. We had to have no cell phones the first 30 minutes we were awake. And the last 30 minutes of our day before we went to bed, no phones. And that was really challenging because like you said, we'll find ourselves just reaching down, picking up the phone and how often do you just find yourself scrolling and all of a sudden you become conscious and you're like, how did I get on Instagram again? Right now, <laughs> like, like I will literally even tell myself like no more Instagram today. Like you're, you've had enough scrolling around. And then the next, like five minutes later, I'm on my phone, like, doo, 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 like, like scrolling on Instagram. And then I have this conscious moment where I like reawaken and I'm like, um, bitch, you're on Instagram again. Like what are you doing? <laughs> Like I don't even it's like my hands and my brain just like do mm-hmm. like my it's yeah. like muscle memory or something. And mm-hmm. so so yeah, now my morning routine is like no cell phone in the morning. And mm-hmm. like some days, so here's the other thing that I learned from you, Leela. We don't have to do the same morning routine. I'm not super type A. I'm very like I'll wake up in the morning, I'll just look in my closet and I put on whatever I feel like. I'm very feelings-based, okay? I'm I just want to like see what I feel like and that's what I'm going to put on today and that's what I'm going to do today. I do not do I don't I I'm not super 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 routine oriented. I don't always like do things the same way. I don't have a certain way I do my makeup or do my nails or cook my breakfast. I'm not like that particular. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was useful to learn from you that I could actually make a list of things I like to do in the morning that are helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And then just pick like, a few of those things off the list, depending on how much time you have. So this morning I taught a yoga class in the park. So I didn't have as much time because I didn't feel like waking up early because sleep's really important to me. So I wanted to sleep in a little longer, which meant maybe my morning routine was cut short, but I did make sure to wake up early enough that I could still meditate. And this morning I did a five minute headspace meditation. I made a tea, I made a protein smoothie, um and I did all of that before I left the house to go pour into other people. So maybe I didn't have time to read. Maybe I didn't write my gratitude list today. I didn't journal. I didn't light Palo Santo and sit, like I didn't do as many things, but I still did um pieces of my morning routine. I still like took a few things off my list yeah. and was able to execute those and it was still really great and set me up for success for the day. Yeah, I think that that's super important, because especially if you have any perfectionist
1: vein moving through you, which a lot of women do, it's and, and I s- speak for myself, too, because when I was starting to like, figure out what helped me feel centered and whole and empowered, it was like, I had all these things like there's not enough time. There's not enough time today. I can't do all these things. Because I got to go to work or I got to do all these things. So I was like, Oh, I get it. I am blessed to have all these things I could do in the morning. And I can give myself some lenience inside of those guidelines. Like here are all the things that fill you up, that reconnect you. And on a Saturday morning, if you have all the time in the world, awesome, fill the cup up, <laughs> like go for yeah, it. Yeah. And on another day when I don't have that much, it's like, I always do my lemon water. I always meditate. And I always like reconnect myself to the gratitude um, thing as, uh, as much as I can. So I want to, do you want to talk about boundaries real quick?
0: Yeah. I really want you to share a little bit about boundaries before we wrap (laughs) up the show. Yeah. And so maybe in relation to what we are saying, like it's kind of our job, right? And I watch my mom not really always set those boundaries. I'm sure we watch a lot of our moms that because Mm -hmm. as women, we feel, we feel that pressure, right? And that responsibility, which is totally understandable, but there is some wiggle room, right? And we can give ourselves Mm -hmm. permission. Yeah, writing permission
1: slips is like gigantic. I think literally just writing a permission slip, I give myself permission to take five minutes tomorrow morning and stamp it somewhere that you see it so you don't forget. I think that that's super useful for anything we're trying to remember on a regular basis is to write it all over the place. Write it on your mirror with a dry erase marker, put it on your altar space or the place where you meditate, put it on your fridge, remind yourself that you're allowed to take up space and that you're allowed to reclaim a little bit of your morning. Um, and boundaries, I mean, Definitely, I think the way that we, the just watch how we get up in the morning and the boundaries that we set with the things are outgiving of energy and love, and the way that we do that first thing in the morning is probably the way that we do that in our life. Also, our, our morning is yeah. a condensed um, microcosm of our entire day. So, if we're immediately getting up and overextending ourselves there's probably no way that you're not doing that in the in the whole scheme of your day. Mm. So it would be very revealing to see how we reclaim our mornings. And I think as we start to reclaim our mornings and start to notice how good we feel when we just take five minutes to sit or 10 minutes to journal or a couple minutes to move our body and do that with consistency and we do that um, in a way that like is taking up space without apology, we start mm-hmm. to recognize how good we feel, how much more we actually have to give. And then we're like, I'm going to have to do this in my life also, not because I don't like the other people in my life, but because I'm starting to feel worthy of setting boundaries that protect me. So one one thing with boundaries, it's extremely helpful. And I had none for a long time and then was just exhausted. (laughs) Like, I exhausted yeah. in relationships, I was exhausted in my business, I was like getting sick. I was just like, oh my God. Like, but I did what I what I thought was that like setting a boundary made me a bad, like a mean person or a bad person. Yes. Um, I didn't really see them uh set. Um I didn't have a good example of them being set. And I only really thought like God when someone says no that means like they're a bitch. It, which is not true <laughs> at all. Um, it's just <laughs> But I just didn't know how to do it, right? And what I had to remember is that we don't set boundaries to prove a point. We don't set boundaries because other people suck. We set boundaries because we care about ourself and we would like to protect our own energy and set up a structure for our life that helps us thrive. And whenever we drop the desire to like prove a point to someone else, boundaries are never about anybody else. So if we find ourselves like wanting to set one because of someone else, we should always like drop that story and go, but why do I need this boundary? And it's maybe because I need a little bit more time and space because I'd like some more clarity because this is how I f- what will what will feel best for me. I have to trust myself in this. So sure. it's always about us and um reclaiming it's just like the system that we set up for ourselves like little limits little like guardrails that we put up for ourselves to help us thrive and to protect our own energy so that i can bring my vision into the world so that i'm not exhausted so that i can do a full work day and then still have the energy to make love to my partner or like the, yeah. oh, <laughs> nice to my yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be like oh my god like i want to be like wow i got through a work day and i loved it and I still feel whole and connected. And um, now my phone is off for the rest of the day. Mm. And, I, and everyone I work with understands those boundaries. And they also respect them. That's super big too. Is like yep. very clear about what, our, um, what works for us before we enter into something. Um, and just asking other people to respect them. And then we start respecting other people's boundaries better sure. too.
0: Because <laughs> like, yes. I was going to say, if there's people who don't respect your boundaries as you start setting them, yeah. um, it's okay. And it's more of a reflection of where they're at. And maybe there's someone who doesn't have a lot of boundaries. And so it's hard for them to understand at first. But yeah. as you set those boundaries, the people who who you know have boundaries will will respect that. And the people who don't respect those boundaries... Maybe they'll you figure it out. They'll, you, like, they'll figure it out, or you're like, "Is yeah. this the right? Are these the right people in for my life?" Yeah, you know, absolutely. so that you're whole and you can bring to the table all the all the gifts that you have to offer. Mm-hmm.
1: And the last thing on that is just like when, because it is scary to set them, but it that that reference point of ourself and remembering that like what our why is around setting them, I think is super important because we might feel a little guilty for setting them in the beginning, but Mm -hmm. um, choosing guilt in the moment over resenting someone later for them overstepping or you overstepping yourself around them is always better. We can always sit with a little bit of guilt and go, okay, but I'm doing this to protect my own energy. I'm not doing this... Cause I'm mean, I'm doing this to protect my own energy. And if okay. you're not doing it to protect your own energy, then we can start to clarify our intent and go, okay, why am I doing this then? Can I make any changes on in my own world um, without blaming anybody else? There's never a blame game. It's just like a reclaiming of our own space and time because we feel valuable. We know what we have to offer is valuable. And then we start to really respect other people for their value and their offerings. Yes. Or whatever yeah. you mean. You don't want me to text you after 6 p.m.? Hell, yeah. I don't want to text you after 6 p.m. Like, yeah, it. We're going to keep that yeah. time. Frame. Yeah, and they're hard to develop, and but it is – they can be hard to develop. But when we feel worthy of it, um, we can start to, yeah. to do little baby things that can reclaim our worth, reclaim our space, writing ourselves permission slips over and over again.
0: Mm. It's so <laughs> important. It's always – this stuff we know, it's easier said than done, but – it's so good. I mean, I could listen to you talk about this all day, Leela. Like I, I have learned
1: about it or anyone uh, talking about it all day. I'm like, what? I have
0: learned so much about, you know, self-care and and um morning routines and setting boundaries and all of that from you. And those were some of the most impactful parts, you know, of, of the program that I did with you, you know, along with many other things. But I feel like that those things are are life changing. Those things are impactful. And I know we all dream of that. We all dream of having more energy. Mm -hmm. A more purposeful life. You know, we all want to be great to the people around us, but it really starts with being great to ourselves. So, thanks for sharing today, Leela. I love this. I'm like lit up. My soul is on fire. I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Can you share your Instagram handle and any? your website, anything else you have coming up, um, so that everyone can, you know, jump on and follow you and see what you're up to. Leah's always doing like different workshops and stuff, group and private coaching. So, um, yeah, you're going to want to tune in. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate you having me on here. You're doing great things too.
1: So it's nice to be, um, you know, walking alongside you on the journey. Yes, thank you, right, girl. Well. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, my Instagram and my website is just my full name, Leila Dilla, L-E-I-L-A, D-Y-L-L-A. Um, and most, I guess, Instagram is where I'm most um, active as far as like posting small workshops that I do. Um, I've been doing some for the full moon, specifically for women around like receiving an abundance. That was fun. I did that last week. Um, and there's any, you know, no experience necessary for any of that stuff. Um I don't think I'm doing any more private coaching for the rest of this year, but I am um setting things up for taking applications in 2021. I'm gonna do it a, a little bit different than I did this year. Woo! 2021. I know. Yeah. How'd we get there? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, just, um women specifically in the world of entrepreneurship and wellness um and spirituality, I'd be glad to chat with you in any way. Um I do also, I'm doing an eight-week like resource an eight week course um, for those that want to get started but maybe aren't ready to dive totally into mentorship and I'll run that again in 2021 so I'll have applications for that um, and hopefully next year I'll offer um, some, a breathwork training and some more in depth experiences depending on what's happening obviously in the world so okay. I have those on the horizon but I'm happy to you know support anyone in small ways at least through through Instagram and things like that so. Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah,
0: Leela always is posting really inspirational things. So definitely um check her out on Instagram. Thank, thank you. you so much. It was so cool to connect with you in this way and have you on yeah. the show. Um, thank you, friends, for listening in. I hope this was helpful to you as you're, I don't know if you're driving or you're putting on your makeup or maybe you're doing your morning routine and part of <laughs> it is listening to dope podcasts, like yes, friend moves. Add yeah. that into your routine. I love that for for our our life. Um um, and make sure to tune in next week. Uh, we'll have some more awesome, inspiring topics to chat about. Love you guys so much. Thank you, Lila. Um, loved having you on here. And I'll chat with you soon, girl. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Bryn. Love you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> I'm your host, Bryn, And this is Bryn Moves, the podcast.